In all due respect to the App State football program, their fans, some of whom made the trip down here this past weekend, uh, did a good game, good start for the Bulldogs, nice win the rest of it. In some respects, this is really the start of the season. This is really the beginning of the Bulldogs season. This is the one that everybody's kind of had circled for a long time, ever since it was announced that the Notre Dame Fighting Irish will host the George Bulldogs on Saturday up there in South Bend. And then the, the, the Irish reciprocate a trip to Athens. That was in 2019. Is that when they come down? A couple of years. And that was really where people had put their focus on this football season, at least until you get into the conference. So here we are. Notre Dame is now, what, four days away, five days away, until uh, the dogs make that trip up to South Bend. Uh, we talked with Mark Maxwell uh, a couple of years ago. He came and said, this was when he was conceptualizing this thing, this book he's writing about the link between those two programs, the figure, the historical figure, who establishes the link between these two programs and some other programs. By the way, we get into all of this as he has written the book on Harry Mir. Uh, Harry Mir, the legend, from Notre Dame to Georgia, Harry Mir, the legend, the name of the book. Uh, conceptualized it a couple of years ago, working on it ever since, and in studio to talk about it this morning. Mark Maxwell, thanks for coming in this morning. Great for being here, Tim. First of all, the thing I remember from that, my, my one huge takeaway was the pronunciation of the man's name. Did I get It's Mir, right? We Mir's, all say Mayor, but it's Mir. Mir is correct. We said Mayor when we would hear him. Um, uh, Coach Dan McGill, he would say mayor, <laughs> but he would pr- pronounce a lot of things with sure. southern elegance. Absolutely. All right. And his, one of the names on the building died not terribly far from here and, and a huge part of this program, but also ties to the Irish program as well. Tell us a bit about Harry Mir. Or Mir. Well, Harry Mir was uh, born in um, Indiana and he attended Notre Dame and played under Coach Rockney. Okay. He, um, he was a freshman in 18, sophomore 19, 20 and 21. Um, he was on three championship teams. Uh, he came from in in nineteen uh, the early twenties. Coach Woodruff was hired by Georgia athletic by Coach Stegman actually to come and coach the University of Georgia for five years for a dollar a year. And he had studied Notre Kirby's Dame. making a little more than that. There right? you go. Yeah. Exactly. He had, well, he, he was a very successful businessman mm-hmm. from Columbus, mm-hmm. and so he 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 Coca-Cola. loved football. And in, it was insurance. It was prior to COVID. Okay. okay, there you go. Um, his brother had played here. They were both called Kid Woodruff. They were both had the same nickname. Mm-hmm. But he came up, and his his objective was to hire a coaching staff. And the first person he got from Notre Dame was Frank Thomas, who came here in 24, and then he got Harry Mir, who came here in 25. Now, Frank Thomas, a lot of people may or may not know, he's the one that eventually ended up at Alabama mm-hmm. with a with the – uh, second highest winning percentage ever was his name goes with Saban, <laughs> Bryant, and Thomas. So that's that's quite a story. And um, so yeah, that's kind of the deal. And that's how the Notre Dame players ended up in Georgia. And a lot of people don't realize when Rockney's uh, plane went down in March of '31, he had over 200 former players coaching football. Wow! Talk about it, the phrase we use now is coaching tree. That's a coaching forest. Coaching force, and if you if you played for Rockney, you got a gig. Yeah. You you they want. I mean, Rockney would get letters all the time, and this is a page in the book. Obviously, this mm-hmm. is radio, so we can look at it. Yeah. But this is the five coaches wow. that Georgia had. Wow, all from Notre Dame, and some of these names: uh, James Crowley. He's one of the four horsemen, right? One of the four horsemen, definitely. All right, uh, Harry Mir, uh, Frank Thomas, James Crowley. Ted, Ted Toomey and uh, Rex Enright, Rex all, the, all coming out of that Newt Rockney tree and ending up at least in, in some form or fashion here. How'd you get a, How'd you get involved in this project, this book about Harry Mir? Well, the truth of the matter is I've actually been working on it about five years. Mm-hmm. About in August of uh, 2012, 
um, believe it or not, Harry Mir's granddaughter, Marianne Mir, uh, contacted me and actually sent me this picture here that you're looking at and asked yeah, me. Yeah, that's a cool picture. Asked, asked me if I could um, actually identify these people in the picture. <laughs> and be, because I've been the archivist for the athletic department going on 15 years, I actually knew that that was Coach Stegman on the left. That was Frank Thomas in the middle. And that was Harry Mir. And that, that picture was actually taken, I could tell by the size of the um, hedge, mm-hmm. that it was taken approximately in the spring of 30. And if you look at the tag on the brand-new car, it's 1930. Wow. And by the way, so they're standing in front of a car. You may know what the car is. I don't. But it's, uh, it's clearly a classic now. But they're standing – is that Sanford Stadium behind that them? Is right? Sanford, that yeah. is Sanford Stadium. Wow. And I'll, that, I'll tweet this picture out in a minute at Tim Bryant Radio. And that and that um that actually is in the book, of course. And that would have been taken. the The dedication game was October twelfth, nineteen twenty nine. Mm-hmm. So this would have been the following spring. Okay. And that's what it looked like. That's wow. if you look in the background, you can see how small the hedge is. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, they're 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 pretty proud. Of course, the following fall would be the last year um, Frank Thomas would coach here. Because in 31 is when he went to Alabama. Okay. Uh, again, Mark Maxwell in studio with us. This book we're discussing, uh, Harry Mir. Where, first of all, where is the book? Where is it available? The book will be, believe it or not, initially it will be available at one location, which is the Red Zone, mm-hmm. downtown Athens. Right. It will be online there also. Okay. So if you can't get, but if you can get downtown, the Red Zone is, you know, you're familiar with that. Sure, absolutely. It's owned by the Tao family. Okay. Scott Tao's a good mm-hmm. friend of mine, actually, and he's one of my ghost editors. <laughs> Uh, what's in it? Obviously, and I'm looking through it. Just you know, a lot of great pictures, a lot of photographs. What else? Well, um, you, you want me just ramble through it sure, real quick? Absolutely. Um, the book actually opens. It's, it's kind of cool. It opens with a with a celebration that we had in October of '73, as we were honoring Harry Mir and Coach. Um, was he still around at that? No, time? he was. He was around, but he was pretty sick, so mm-hmm. he didn't attend the game. But right. his son did. Okay. And Coach Hartman. Bill Hartman, mm-hmm. who was the kitchen kicking coach, and he was actually Coach Mears' last captain. Wow. So he sent out this letter, which actually is the first page of the book, mm-hmm. and asking anyone that was around when Coach Mear was to attend this event. And at halftime, believe it or not, Coach Senator – I mean, not Coach. We call everybody Coach, don't mm-hmm. we? Senator Talmadge mm-hmm. um, gave a speech at halftime uh, honoring Coach Mear and – you know, one of the things that I w- might like to uh, talk about in the book, we've got over 50 QR codes, which are quick reference codes that you can scan these. And so the second page of the book, you can read the speech that Senator Talmadge gave. But if you want to hear him, you want to hear him. The actual audio. The actual audio. Wow. The actual audio. And and that audio came from, you don't mind me rambling like no, this, right? No. Well, you know, I'm, I'm the archivist, and I do, a, for the athletic department, I do mm-hmm. a lot of events. And one of my favorite things when I do these events is these lettermen will come up to me, and my favorite thing for one to say is, Mark, you may not be interested, but... Because <laughs> you almost always are. And about five years ago, Jim Currington from Adele, Georgia, mm-hmm. came up to me and said, Mark, you may not be interested, but... And he says, my mother recorded all my games off the radio from 71 to 73. He sends me a shoebox full of cassette tapes. And as I'm working on this book, I look in the shoebox and what's on the top, the Ole Miss game from 73. I fast forward to halftime. And guess what I hear? Herman Talmadge. There you go. Oh, and and it's, um, yeah, it's Bob Young. And and Dan McGill mm. setting it up, talking wow. at halftime. Mm. And actually, I have about two or three or maybe half a dozen of Coach Mir actually talking. Wow. The 59 uh, Coronation Banquet when mm. they won the um, 
the SEC championship, actually the 71 uh, Auburn game, which was one of the biggest games ever here at Sanford Stadium, where Pat Sullivan, Pat Sullivan. won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Mears actually interviewed at that halftime. Wow. Mark Maxwell, again, the book, and we'll talk more about it. Quick break, back with more. Classic to today, Fox News, WGAU. 9.48, Tim Bryant, Classic to today, sponsored by Mark Spain Real Estate. Continuing our conversation with another Mark, Mark Maxwell. Uh, the book, and he's got it in front of me now, uh, from Notre Dame to Georgia, Harry Mir, the legend. And that is the pronunciation. Go through that. that that's how the man actually pronounced his name. The name that's on the Butts Mir building here in Athens. A coach on it almost a century ago. It's hard to imagine now. Uh, but the, the connections between those two programs, and that's the focus of the book, From Notre Dame to Georgia, Harry Mir. A, a lot of the book you're telling me, uh, and I'm looking at it right now, telegraphs and letters between uh, Harry Meir when he was here and Newt Rockney when he was still alive and obviously at South Bend. Yes, yes. I've got probably close to 20 letters um, from Coach Some Meir. never seen before. I don't know if any of them have ever been seen before. Wow. Uh, Marianne was able to get him, his granddaughter, that mm-hmm. is, that I keep bringing up. Um, mm-hmm. And essentially when I took on the book, um, she, believe it or not, just delivered a truckload of <laughs> <laughs> scrapbooks and newspapers and letters and typewriters and plaques and um so I do have kind of the um, the Harry Mir um uh, library is at my studio yeah, right how now. How long was he the coach here? He was he was an assistant coach for four. Okay. Starting five, in five twenty four to five, twenty six, twenty seven. And twenty eight he became head coach. Okay. Through thirty seven. Okay. His last year was the fall of thirty seven. His last captain, like I said, was Bill Hartman. Mm-hmm who um, his last game was the, believe it or not, it's kind of cool, the dedication game in Miami that became Joe Robbie Stadium. And the Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl. Yeah. But back then it was called the, oh, it was, oh um, the Mirdon. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, the, of course, yeah. The, yeah. It, was, it, was a, it was a WPA project or a season, one of those Depression-era projects. In yeah. case, uh, and, and actually there's a picture of Coach Hartman and his, wow. and his wife-to-be. Wow. This is I love this. Uh, Bill Hartman, the reporter, sure. sent me this newspaper article. Um, Coach Hartman scored uh, the tying touchdown against Tech in thirty-seven, <laughs> and his reward was um, Coach Meir let him fly down to the game instead of taking the train. You know, I heard it. It might have been McGill. And it was in here. I think it was, uh, of course, the late, late Coach Dan McGill who described that trip. It isn't what it is today. It, it was, I mean, the back roads and the trains and the buses, and it, it was it was like planes, trains, and automobiles minus the plane in terms of getting down there. It was a different time and a different era. You were saying during the break, uh, his coaching legacy here in Athens is a little bit like uh, Coach Rick in some respects. A, a great deal of success, just not quite enough. Yet he his record his record against um, Yale, which was an incredible powerhouse, mm-hmm. he only lost to them one time, and that was the first game in Sanford. First Stadium. game in, in Sanford Stadium. It was what happened in twenty seven. Our Dream and Wonder team was the first time they ever beat Yale mm-hmm. up there in New Haven, and then in twenty eight we lost to Yale, but then from twenty nine on never lost to him again, which was, you know, in today's time, we think, yeah, big deal. It was a very sure. big deal. Huge deal in those days. Yeah. It was, and, and so that was, that was, yeah, that was his, that was his situation. And, um, you know, one of the things that I would like to mention, and I don't want to bore anyone, but the, the, the Rockney letters, a lot of people don't realize that when Coach Muir was coaching here and he was communicating with Rockney through these letters that Notre Dame and Georgia had one common opponent. Uh, Dan McGill used to call it the enemy. <laughs> and you're telling me that was Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. School, they both played. They both played. Mm-hmm. And and the, well, one of the letters, and, and, and I hate to talk about this, but 
in in Georgia folklore, you know, the Dream and Wonder team goes down to Atlanta. We're undefeated. We win the game. We go to the Rose Bowl. Well, we don't win the game. We lose the game, twelve to nothing. And of course, it's because the Tech fans hose down the field. Well, I've always had a problem with that because th- I think both teams had to play on the same field. Sure, I'm not sure. And if you read these letters, you get the truth. In 25, uh, Coach Alexander, who was Georgia okay. Tech's coach, he hired uh, an assistant coach, a guy named Don Miller. Yeah, one of the four horsemen. One of the four horsemen, yeah. And in in 27, there's actually a Georgia Tech vault book and on page 40. I can tell you, he describes what was called as the plan. And the plan was the last four weeks of the 27th season, he had Don Miller teach Georgia Tech the Notre Dame offense. And I have video footage of Coach Broadnax, who was the quarterback for Georgia on that team, saying they knew our plays. <laughs> Every, we came to the line, they knew what we were doing. So I think it was coaching. Yeah. And um, so so and and in these letters, Coach Meir and Coach Rockney keep going back and forth. Wow. Like you know, he's like he's like Don Don was scouting us yesterday <laughs> against Mercer, because <laughs> he knows them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and so you know, they were teammates. Where they were actually a lot in another kind of misnomer. Everybody thinks that Harry Meir played with four horsemen. No, well, he graduated in the spring of twenty two, and that in the the fall of twenty one was their freshman year. So the four horsemen, Miller, Stuttledryer, Hayden, and Crowley. You got it. Oh wow, you got yeah. it. And um, yeah, that Stuhldryer. Stuhldryer. Yeah. It's, it was. It was. Yeah. I don't. I think that's how you pronounce yeah. it. But their heydays obviously were was twenty two, twenty three, and twenty four. But but probably one of the most proud um, investigating things I was able to achieve was I found a book by a a, dra- a Jack Troy with a copyright of nineteen forty eight. In in that book. He has a he has a chapter called Mir and his Merry Men, and he talks about the misnomer of of Harry Mir playing with the um, four horsemen and says, of course, he never did because he couldn't have. But he does talk about in the in twenty five, um, Stuldreyer Stuldreyer um, put together an all star team of Notre Dame players where mm-hmm. the four horsemen played. And I talked to some Georgia historians, and they said, well, in 25, Coach Meir was here, so that couldn't have happened. Well, I did some research, and it did happen. Wow. It was – they scheduled four games in December of 25 and one in January of 26. One of the games was canceled. One of the games they couldn't fill a team, so they played with some other players, so they didn't want to call themselves the Notre Dame All-Stars. Mm. But two games, on December 12th of 25, they played the Pottsville Maroons. That was an NFL team. NFL, was it was, then, it yeah. was the championship yeah, team. Yeah. They played in that game. There was a controversial getting disqualified because of that game. <laughs> and then on January 1 of 26, they played the Princeton All-Stars in Coral Gables, Florida. Wow. So keep in mind, Harry Meir is playing with the Four Horsemen. So he's playing with Don Miller. Wow. So I can only imagine that Jim Crowley, Harry Meir, and Don Don Miller, I guess they all took the train up. I think they were yeah. talking some football. Well, it must have been. That's the thing about this book and just discussing this book. Some of the names that they get dropped, and local names, Stegman and Hartman, and names that we know a lot more than Harry Meir in this book. Oh, yes. Um, like I mentioned, the um, the QR codes, I have um, Coach McGill's in the book. I mean, if you if you buy this book and you scan the code, I'm not going to tell the story Coach Meir is. Wow. I mean, not Coach Meir. Well, he'll he'll tell the story in some of the audio, mm-hmm. but Coach Coach Hartman's in it. Coach, um, well, believe it or not, Stegman, Doctor Stegman, which wow. was Steg's son, 
and he was a historian. He wrote The Ghost of Hurdy Field, which is like the oldest, and then the pictorial. So he's in there telling the stories, and uh, a great story he tells is he actually – he was like 12 years old and sent the telegram to um, his father who was up scouting Yale in 29 <laughs> – and we we lost the first game. Then we beat Furman, and he sent him his first tel- telegram. He says he ever sent was sending a telegram to his um, father, who's scouting Yale up northeast. That we just beat Furman. Wow, whatever. And we got. I mean, the thing about it, we got to think too. The technology then obviously not what it is, but sending a telegram that's something you'd remember. Oh yeah, I sent a telegram. First time I ever done that. I mean, that's the degree of technology. And it was exciting stuff. Then I would, one of the things I love, and this has always been me. Uh, Mark Maxwell's book. A lot of pictures in this book. The folks who look at posing for pictures of the one I'm looking at now. I just have, I can always learn so much just looking at what's surrounding those pictures. You were describing one earlier. Well, as you can tell by the hedges, it was this time of year. That's sort of You look for clues that go far beyond the faces in the photograph. It is fascinating stuff. The pictures alone would captivate me with this book. I can't wait to, to get my hands on a copy. And where can folks get this? This book will be available at the Red Zone, um, downtown Athens, Georgia, Everybody knows where the red zone is, hopefully. And it will be online also. Okay. So if you just Google the red zone, um, Athens, Georgia, um, it's it's that initially that's where it's going to be. I'm just going to put it there. From Notre Dame to Georgia, Harry Meir, the legend. How much time do you put into this? Going on five years. Wow. Well, and it, it, it certainly will be worth the effort. Uh, it's a, a history, not only obviously of Harry Muir, but also of University of Georgia Athletics, University of Georgia itself in some respects. Going to South Bend this weekend? I wish. <laughs> It'll be on television. That's where I'll be. Thanks for dropping in this morning, Mark Maxwell. Thank you, Tim. Uh, again, thanks to you for being with us this morning. Thanks to producer Logan again flying the plane flawlessly. No idea what will happen today. Find out. Talk about it tomorrow. Class of today, Fox News, WGAU. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.